Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 10, that's right, double digits of Walk On Radio, and uh, <clears throat> hear ye, hear ye, subjects of Dalton's kingdom, that's right, Dalton Meyer right here, I am the king, I have won the crown for week one of Pick'em, wow, who would have thought, you know, y'all don't know, but Humphreys wins everything, so it feels really good to get a win for your boy, I had some great picks. We're going to get into it later. Before we talk about your horrendous picks and your horrendous weekend for you as a football fan, Humph, talk to me, B. How you feeling and uh, how it feel to finally get to watch some NFL football? Dalton, I'm good. Uh, I'm happy to be doing another episode. Uh, you know, we had college football last week, uh, but it's it's I'm an NFL guy uh, at the end of the day, and so having both of them on for a <clears throat> little Thursday night, Sunday, all day, Monday action uh, was definitely a nice treat. Yeah, it was really fun to watch the NFL. Uh, you know, we had college, but NFL is a different monster. Um, before we get into college football, uh, let me ask you, how did you feel about the empty stadiums? Did it affect you at all watching the games? You know, they had the, the arena effect with the sound and everything. To me, it didn't really make a difference. I couldn't even tell that there weren't any fans at times just because the the sounds they had. Uh, but did it affect you at all in any way? I would say no, and, and I think that's because, honestly, because of uh, the TV angle of the games, you don't really, it's not like baseball or basketball where it's immediately prevalent that there's no fans there. Football, you know, it's such a zoomed-in camera uh, on the playing field that you don't really know that fans aren't there, or not as many fans aren't there. You know, some NFL teams decided to go ahead and have a limited amount. Uh, but, yeah, I think going forward, uh, it'll be fine. You know, obviously, I'm sure it's weird playing in front of that as a player but as a fan I don't I don't really think it hinders your TV watching at all. Uh, so before we get started with you know talking about the scores from last week we had some breaking news today the Big Ten they've made some decisions they've been coming up with something so Humph talk to me about what the Big Ten is doing. Yeah so it actually came out uh, and you know they were going to release this but uh, the word is is that uh, there was a hot mic uh, from the athletic director of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And some people heard some stuff that they weren't supposed to hear, allegedly said that uh, they would be announcing Husker football and Big Ten football tonight. And so definitely definitely in the works of uh, getting Big Ten football back to the fall. Uh, and I know a lot of people are excited about that. Now, how do you think that's going to affect, you know, we were talking about it before we started uh, airing, you know, are they going to be able to catch up in time? Where are they going to be able to get in the playoffs or get into the bowls if they have a little bowl system? Are they going to be able to get into the picture? Because that changes everything with Ohio State coming back in. Yeah, you know, obviously if they're starting late, then they're going to have to play a, a semi-shortened schedule. Uh, I, you know, I don't, it's not much, much different than what the SEC is doing. I mean, they haven't started yet. So to me, I feel like... You know the Big Ten is a is a, a good enough conference that if you played conference only, uh, if Ohio State runs the table, they're obviously a good enough team to be considered for the college football playoff. Now we've had Big Twelve playing, we've had some of the smaller conferences. Do you think that starting later, like the SEC and I guess the Big Ten is doing, do you think that is going to be an advantage or disadvantage for teams that you know Texas is already in their first game, they're going to have a couple more games before the SEC? Is the SEC at an advantage or are they at a disadvantage? You know, I would say that experience uh, is is the ultimate advantage. And so, yeah, Texas played UTEP last week, and that's, that's, you know, that's an easy walk in the park for Texas. But that's one game that they got against a non-conference foe, whereas SEC – um, you know, you don't really get you don't really get to dip your toe in the water, if you will, with with such a weird off season. Uh, and so, who knows? Uh, we've seen some upsets this year, and you know, I know college football is crazy, and we we normally have upsets, but I would say that that is a direct result of you know the weird COVID nineteen off season that we did have. Yeah, and you can see in a lot of the college football games, there's a lot of players that may have never, you know, true freshmen coming in or players that haven't played a lot are getting a lot of time, especially, you know, you see in the Texas game, they beat UTEP by a lot. By the fourth quarter, there's people that probably hasn't touched the field at all. There's a walk-on with last name Money, scored a touchdown, you know. Yeah, that was actually pretty cool. So it's a lot of cool chances for the younger guys, but it gives Texas a chance to get their feet wet and get some experience in before they start their big games. So uh, let's talk about some college football scores from last week. Uh, 
First of all, I want to talk about is Arkansas State. Now, we we didn't hate on them. We had we we picked against them, but look at them coming out with an upset against Kansas State. And I know you saw the, another big Sports Center catch. It didn't count, but did you see the catch I'm talking about? I did. I did. Very impressive. So they they had an upset, 35 to 31. Is Arkansas State for real this year? Well, I know that Kansas State is not for real. Uh, I think that they're definitely going to be one of the weaker teams in the Big 12. However, that is absolutely no knock on on a really impressive win going into Manhattan and taking down Kansas State for Arkansas State. Yeah, and another Big 12 team we were talking about, and uh, you know, we have a lot of strong words for this fella, Spencer Rattler in Oklahoma, 48 to zero, and yes, it's Missouri State. But Spencer Rattler comes out in his first game, has a 300 piece, couple touchdowns. Are we do we are we changing our mind about Spencer Rattler? Are we going to wait a couple games because they played Missouri State? Humph, I know you have a lot of emotions about this man. How do you feel about Spencer Rattler? Impressive start. You know, all you can do is is play who is on your schedule. And so I've never been I've never been the guy that you know complains about schedule difficulty. Well, you know, Spencer Rattler didn't decide who they were playing, and so he just goes out and throws a ball around. That's exactly what he did. Now. Before I say any Heisman talk around that guy, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to do that in the big leagues with 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 Big Twelve opponents. Yeah, and and another quarterback that is in this Heisman conversation who played this weekend or last weekend was Ian Book in Notre Dame. They ended up winning the game twenty seven to thirteen. But Duke, look, I gotta give Duke a lot of credit. Uh, you know they had they have Clemson's backup now the starter for Duke. They put a lot of fight and Ian Book does not look like a Heisman quarterback to me. They got really lucky. He had a couple good plays and he shined here and there, but it was all in the running game. Uh, how do you how do you, I know you always say Notre Dame is not in the picture. They get a good win. How do you feel about Notre Dame? Yeah, I mean I think I uh, I think exactly what you said is 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 what happened. I mean they just again. We're a little disappointing, didn't live up to the hype, as people were thinking. Uh, and there's better teams in the ACC than Duke. Uh, you know, I, I liked what I saw from, from North Carolina. Uh, so, to me, I, obviously, I'm a big Clemson guy. I think Clemson probably wins the national championship this season. But I think North Carolina is, is, is really a good candidate for that second spot in the ACC over Notre Dame. So that's the next question I was going to ask you. How do you feel about Clemson versus Notre Dame, which will eventually come down in the future? Is it still a Clemson blowout, blowout or do you think Notre Dame has a chance? No, I, I, I'm sticking with the Clemson uh, hype. I think Trevor Lawrence is, is the best player in college football, um, and I, I think that that'll take care of itself. Uh, Notre Dame's not going to have an answer. They've never played a conference schedule, and, and I think, think that they're in for a rude awakening this season. Yeah, speaking of Clemson, they had a 37-13 to victory over my guys, Wake Forest. And, uh, you know, I would say that I regret putting them number two, but, you know, another team that we were talking about in that ACC picture was Florida State. But Florida State loses 13-16 to to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech got a young quarterback, Jeff Sims, that balled out. They had a great game. Georgia Tech. Are they uh, are they some sleepers now? Uh, I, I would say so. Uh, I, you're going to hear about them you're going to hear about them from me later in this podcast, but we'll get to that in a bit. But yeah, Florida State looked like they have the last five years, just unprepared, uh, you know, not not coached well, honestly. I saw a lot of mistakes. And, and you know, for, for a team that really needs to get the ball rolling, a team that can be a dominant program, has been a dominant program, they they, they got to they gotta do more than that. You know, you got to beat Georgia Tech. Uh, no knock on them, but Florida State is – way more prevalent than Georgia Tech as far as college football blue bloods go uh and so that's unacceptable that's you cannot cannot lose that game yeah especially for a team like Georgia Tech that is still trying to transition out of you know they were triple option they were the run first now they're kind of moving to a spread offense so to lose a team like that is crazy but it's a good step for Georgia Tech they're finally getting uh who they want on their team uh FCS ball Houston Baptist University versus Texas Tech 35 to 33. Now, we know a lot about Bailey Zappi. I don't know if the people know a lot about him, but uh, he's thrown for a lot. So what do you? what is your take on this game? Is this a bad Texas Tech team or a good Houston Baptist team? Uh, somebody asked me this question earlier in the week, and I said exactly just that. I think it is a, is a combination of both. I think that 
HBU uh, is a surprising team in the FCS and in the Southland Conference. I think that if they were going to play in the spring, uh, and it sounds like they're not going to, but if they were, I would I would put them into a, you know, maybe not a contender category, but a can be some good teams category. Uh, and that comes from the passing game. You know, the quarterback that they've got uh, is leading all of all of college football right now in passing yards with over a thousand, which is which is unbelievable for two games. Uh, and, and you know, again, I, I think that this game was was not only HBU being surprisingly good, but I think that Texas Tech is overwhelmingly bad. Uh, their defense looked uh, about as bad as I've ever seen it. Uh, you know, Texas Tech is notorious for putting up a lot of points and giving up more. And that's going to happen a lot this season in the Big 12 for Texas Tech. Yeah, Texas Tech defense struggled. Uh, they had decent offense. Houston Baptist, su- surprising offense. They might, they're going to grow and be a really good team in the future. Uh, here's a question, a little scenario for you. And I think I know the answer, but I'm going to throw it out there anyways. You know, your coach Humph, you have to pick between a quarterback. Bailey Zappi, Trey Lance. Who you got? Oh, Trey Lance. I mean, they're, you know... Uh, just, just one's got a ring and one doesn't, and I know that's that's not all on the quarterback. Uh, obviously Trey Lance plays for for the best team in the nation as far as FCS is concerned, but you know I'm not saying that Zappy it doesn't have the talent, but one one's a top ten pick in the NFL draft next season, and, and one you know isn't. So I, I'm taking Trey Lance, uh, but that that's no knock on Zappy. He can he can definitely throw the ball around. Yeah, it'll definitely it'll be nice to see how the Southland Conference gets changed up with Houston Baptist finally becoming a contender. You know, they start off really well last year, eventually struggled. We beat them at the in our last game of the year, so it's going to be a fun it's going to be fun to watch Houston Baptist. Uh, the last game we want to talk about for college football was another upset. Coastal Carolina beats Kansas thirty eight to twenty three, and I don't know if you saw it at the very end, but uh, you know they got the sledgehammer, they got the rock chalk, and they uh, smashed it in their locker room. A lot of disrespect. Uh, talk to me about that game. Yeah, um, all I can say about that is uh, it was Kansas, and that was a Kansas thing to do. Uh, so Coastal Carolina went in there and took care of business, and you know there was no Rock Chalk Jayhawk this week. Now you know we saw three different upsets, and uh, we saw some some big games like that. We didn't talk about Iowa State, man. Iowa State. Yeah, oh, Iowa State. Iowa, Number twenty three. Iowa State getting taken down. So what what do you think? So with all those upsets, that's three three and zero with the Sun Belt versus the Big Twelve this week, which you, is a terrible look for the Big Twelve. Do you account that towards you know lack of playing, lack of having players? Because you know Sun Belt's been practicing nonstop. They they haven't really had a time where they stopped and couldn't do nothing. Big Twelve's been in and out. Is that a big difference? Because of COVID, is that do you think that's the reason why these upsets happened? Yeah, I, I you know I touched on that a little bit earlier. Uh, I think that these upsets and these these weird weird things happening in college football are a direct result of a, a different off season that we've had. Um, you know, it's all about it's all about preparation, uh, how you how you handle adversity, and and also some of these teams are. are coming into games without entire position groups. Uh, you know, I heard that Texas State this week played with, with no tight ends. And and so that's that oh and their starting quarterback gone. You know, didn't didn't play because of, you know, whatever corona complications there were. And that's that's just gonna be a part of college football this year. So, you know, you just gotta overcome and make it happen. Speaking of Texas State, what a game. I'm telling you, Texas State's offense looks really good. They get their quarterback back they end up going to double overtime, and wow, a doinkster by yeah. the, the kicker. I and mean, we're going to talk NFL. We're going to talk about kicking. What's going on with the kickers? And I, and I know we always talk about COVID and have an issue, but, man, do you, do you think having no fans has affected kickers? <laughs> We've been having a, a big special teams problem, and I know you're the big special teams guy. What's going on with special teams? Well, evidently, uh, teams were, were too focused on offense and defense uh, for the the film sessions that they did get this offseason because special teams across the board every level of play has been simply atrocious uh, and maybe the fan, maybe the fans do have an effect on the kickers um, and you know with the stadiums being empty I know that's that's something new for for kickers across the board and they're weird people uh, I being a holder I, I have a lot to do with kickers 
and uh, they're picky. Let me tell you, they're very, very peculiar of uh, a lot of different things. And so, you know, I thought last night uh, in the Monday Night Football game, Stephen Joskowski, who's who's one of the greatest kickers of all time, you know, he obviously something in his head mentally just it just was a mental block on him kicking, and he almost looked like he forgot how to kick. Uh, I know he came back and, and made the game winner, but man, I, this this whole season right now, special teams has just been really bad. Yeah, that that Titans versus Broncos game could have been a completely different score if he made those kicks, and Texas State could have come up with the win if they make that kick. And you know, I can say watching practice for us is you know our kickers don't get a lot of time. You know, they come in, they get their field goal at the very end, they're done. So. You know, practice does have an effect. They're not doing as much as they used to do. So be interesting to see how special teams can get better. They need to have a lot better week than they did this week. So now we got three picks for college football. And Hump, I know you've been you've been thinking a lot because you're nervous. You you want to get that crown back that I hold. <laughs> I get it, but uh, I'm not losing anymore. It's staying at home with me. Our first game is Appalachian Appalachian State versus Marshall. Hump, who do you got? Man, uh, you know, Appalachian State has not played uh, this season. Uh, be their first game. Marshall played Eastern Kentucky. Absolutely beat the dog out of them. Uh, they had a freshman quarterback that really, really could throw that thing around. A lot of people were kind of joking on Twitter saying that he was the Heisman front runner at the time. Uh, you know, um, I'm going to go App State here. Uh, I think think that them when they you know when they transitioned from FCS to FBS, you know, there was a lot of positives in that. I think they're on the ups. They're they're a good good program and I see a lot of a lot of good things out of them in the next couple years. So give me App State in this one. Yeah, App State is is always ends up being ranked. They always end up winning their conference. They they look really good and I was with you, but I watched the Marshall game again. I watched Grant Wells, the quarterback you were talking about. And, I mean, he's just throwing that thing around. Their offense is really good. They have a decent defense. It doesn't matter because their offense scores a lot. So, give me Marshall. This game might change the record one, again. One game, one different pick? That's, All right. I like it, man. And it, it comes down to those because we normally have the same pick, so it's always those one or two that we separate from that changes the game. Uh, before we get our next picks, I totally forgot to ask because, you know, we're big Texas guys, me and you. And uh, we were talking about the – Texas beating UTEB and Oklahoma beating Missouri State. So I have to ask you a question. Who had a better game, Sam Ellinger or Spencer Rattler? You know, hard to say. Um, they both went against, you know, lesser talented teams by far. Um, I didn't particularly watch uh, a lot of the Oklahoma game. I kept up with it more statistically. Obviously, Spencer Rattler thrived uh, in the in the stat category, but I just thought command wise, you know, Sam Ellinger really looked like you know he controls this team. He's he's the the guy at the helm that can really take Texas to the promised land. Yeah, I have to agree. You know, I give Spencer Rattler the benefit of the doubt because it's his first actual start. But, you know, Sam Ellinger is coming in, a senior. He's been starting for three years. He just controls the field. And I don't know, if you saw the game, a whole bunch of different players were getting the ball. Everybody was scoring. Everybody was getting the ball. You know, we talked about Jordan Winnington. He was getting the ball. The running backs looked really good. Tight ends looked great. So, and it all has to do with quarterback being able to control the game and control the field. So I do agree with Sam Ellinger being the top quarterback of of the week. It'll be fun to see those two compete against each other and then finally the big game of Oklahoma versus Texas, which could change the Big 12 and decide who goes into the playoffs. Hopefully for us, it is uh, it is Texas. All right, so the next game we're going to give our pick for is UCF versus Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, as we just talked about, came off a big upset against Florida State. Can they do it again? Humph, who you got? One would think that, uh, that I would pick the 2017 national champions uh central florida the the (laughs) self-proclaimed uh but one would be wrong dalton i'm going the upset over number 14 ucf georgia tech wins this one gets into the ap top 25 solidifying themselves as an up-and-coming team in the acc and yeah that's my that's my big upset for the week well uh great minds think alike Give me Georgia Tech. You know, I watched the Florida State game, and it was a completely different team that I've ever seen before. And I don't think UCF will ever be what they were, that that one good season, they were the national championships, whatever you want to call them. I like Georgia Tech. I like Jeff Sims, that quarterback. 
He was throwing it around. I like what they're doing with their offense, kind of spreading around and moving around. Give me Georgia Tech. Go Yellow Jackets. Sting them. That was my high school mascot, so I got to love the Yellow Jackets. Uh, so the next game we're going to talk is Miami versus Louisville. Now, we both had uh, high hopes for the, the, both these teams offensively when we did our preview. You know, De'Aaron King is there for Miami. Louisville is one of the highest-ranking offense last year in the nation. So this might be a shootout, but every time I say a shootout, it ends up not being a shootout. Humph, Miami, or Louisville? Yeah, so this is the only uh, top 25 team versus another top 25 team this week. So it's, you know, going to have a big national spotlight. Uh but, uh, man, give me De'Aaron King and, and Miami. I liked what I saw out of them versus uh, Alabama-Birmingham. You know, obviously, he's a great runner, but he threw the ball around with his authority. And so, give me the U in this one. Yeah, I have to agree. I'm going Miami as well. I think it's going to be a high-scoring offensive game. Both teams can throw the ball around. But if I had to pick a battle between quarterbacks, I'm going De'Aaron King. I think De'Aaron King has better weapons around him, including tight end Brevin Jordan. So, I really like this team. The defense is getting a lot better. So give me, give me the U. I don't think they're going to do very well in the in the grand scheme of things, but in this game at least, give me the Hurricanes. And then finally, our last college game. It's going to be a big one. This is a, this is going to be a good old matchup. We have the University of Houston Cougars versus Baylor. I talked really high about Baylor. Humph said this is a this is not going to be their year after the year they had. Houston still fresh without De'Aaron King. They got Clayton Toon at quarterback. He's been playing in and out. It could be a good battle. Humph, talk to me about this game. Well, I certainly know that Baylor uh, has the athletes. Uh, I've played against quite a few people that have been uh, at Baylor for a couple years now, and so I, I definitely know what type of guys they've got. And and last year, the last two years have really been pretty pretty solid for the old Baylor Bears. Uh, you know, they've got Charlie Brewer at quarterback. He's a stud. Uh, you lose Denzel Mims to the NFL draft. You lose Matt Rule. He, he's the coach of the Carolina Panthers now. And and personally, Dalton, I don't think that this is their year uh, in the Big 12. However, with that being said, I am picking them this Saturday against the Houston Cougars. And, and that's no knock on Houston. I think I think Houston is is on the ups. You know, they've got Dana Holgerson at, at, at the helm coaching. And I think they're on the ups uh, kind of to get to back to that non-power five program that that ends in the top 25 wins a bowl game uh but that's not this year and they're not beating baylor this saturday uh after i'm going baylor as well you know charlie brewer is still charlie brewer no matter who they lost and i do think the coaching change will be will be different uh do i think they're gonna have the same year they did last year no but i still think they're gonna have a really good year but don't sleep on the cougars i think this will be a lot closer game than a lot of people think Baylor lost a lot of their defensive players, and Houston has a high-scoring offense. They have a lot of good players. They, they get in a lot of good transfers, and they, have, they always have a good recruiting class. So I think it's a lot closer than people think, but I got to go with the Baylor Bears. They're going to continue to have a, a decent run, but uh, you know me. I put, uh, I put Texas fourth in the college football Final Four, so I got to say that Texas wins the Big 12. Baylor could upset some people, but we'll see about that. So now we move on to the NFL, and this is where Mr. Humph struggles. Some some tough, tough calls. We're going to talk about our picks, but before we do that, we're going to talk about other games that happen. And the first game I want to talk about is the Jaguars versus the Colts. Now, I don't know if y'all remember last episode, but we literally had a conversation of who is the worst NFL team between the Washington football team and the Jaguars, and they both ended up winning. <laughs> yeah. So talk, you know, me and Hump spent all Sunday watching football. We stayed at his house and just chilled, watched all the games. So talk to me about the Jaguars versus the Colts. What did you see? What did you like? What did you didn't like? I tell you what, I like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Is what I liked. Uh, you know, coming into this year, kind of, kind of gave vibes that they were they were tanking for Trevor, and you can't get the number one pick uh, if you win a lot of ball games. And right now. They're one and zero is all I know. And Gardner Minshew said, "No, sir, this is my team. We don't need no Trevor Lawrence." Uh, and and they beat a, a talented Colts team. I don't think the Colts are, are any slouch. Uh, I, you know, Philip Rivers looked fairly good. I thought. I thought. I thought he passed the ball around. You know, T.Y. Hilton, a couple young receivers. Um, Jonathan Taylor shined in some moments. Naheem Hines shined in some moments, and so. I definitely don't think the Colts are, are, are some slouch. Um, you know, maybe the Jaguars just stole one. But for now, they definitely made me and Dalton eat our words. 
Yeah, the the Colts, Phillip Rivers looked a lot better. I was worried about him because he's so old, but he had a really good game. Uh, Jonathan Taylor has a great future ahead of him. Jaguars really did surprise. I think they have a chip on their uh, shoulder because everybody says, you know, oh, tank for Trevor. Garner Minshew definitely has a chip on his shoulder. Threw three touchdowns, had a great game. And, Humph, I want to apologize because I totally skipped over what we were going to talk about. But I'm going to lead into it with Garner Minshew's three touchdowns. That's fantasy football. Who am I to completely forget the fantasy football segment? So, Humph, get into it. Before we start talking NFL and we start yelling at each other, I'm going to give you a chance to talk fantasy. Tell me your hits, your misses, how our team did, how your own personal fantasy team did. This is your time to shine, Humph. Let's hear about fantasy. All right, we're going to call this the uh, the three-minute fantasy drill. Uh, I'm going to spend, spend about three minutes just kind of spitting off some numbers uh, from this past week in the fantasy football world. That is what I would call my expertise. Uh, and so, yeah, definitely some surprises. Week one of every NFL season, you're going to have that. Uh, you know, there's guys that you, you might have drafted early that, that didn't pan out. You, you know, don't get worried, okay? It's week one. Uh, there's guys that probably outperformed where you drafted them don't get too excited it's week one uh you know some guys that that definitely impressed me as a, as a fantasy football owner Clyde Edwards Hilaire rookie out of Kansas City looked really impressive David Johnson for the Texans looked really impressive uh my quarterback of the week and Dalton's gonna love this but wow Aaron Rodgers was slanging that thing around I mean he looked he looked in his prime he looked prime Aaron Rodgers incredible my receiver of the week, also a Green Bay Packer, Devontae Adams. 14 catches. Come on. Another 14-catch guy for the week. Uh, mine receiver number one on my personal team, Mr. DeAndre Hopkins. Whoever said that he would uh, be splitting targets with Larry Fitz and Christian Kirk, you couldn't have been any more wrong. Kyler Murray looked great. Threw the ball to DeAndre Hopkins every chance he could get. Uh, running back-wise, Saquon Barkley absolutely freaking sucked this week. He had less yards than Ben Rothenberger rushing the ball. That's unacceptable for a number one, number two type guy. Uh, Josh Jacobs, he outshined everybody. Three touchdowns. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, despite... I'm not even going to talk about it because I'm sure you're going <laughs> to sure you're going to get on me later about it, but Ezekiel Elliott looked really good. Uh, over 100 total yards and two touchdowns. That's you know pretty much all you can ask for out of running back. Um as far as as far as our uh, walk on radio team goes, ladies and gentlemen, it was not good. Week one, <laughs> we've got to go to the drawing board. Uh, wow! Uh, like we said though, waivers win Super Bowls. I'm not worried. Me and Dalton are going to turn it around. As far as my personal team goes, oh baby, it's going to be a fun one. 2020 might be special. So you know, question as a you know, we've talked about how I don't do fantasy and you do. So let's say you get a player that has a bad first week. You know, he doesn't make the points you want to do. What's your best advice? Do you think trade him right away, keep him for a few weeks, but take that risk of him having more bad games? What's the strategy when it comes? And, you know, there's players like Saquon where, you know, he had six yards this week, but next week he could bust for 200. But for a, for a, a mid-tier player, do you get rid of him right, right away? What's your strategy towards that? Man, I you know, like I said, it's week one. Uh, it's weird for everybody just because – just because your you know second or third receiver didn't get ten targets this week doesn't necessarily mean he's a bust. Uh, you know you're gonna want to keep an eye on him, but you want to keep an eye on all your players. You know what's who's getting touches, who's getting targets, how many times a game are quarterbacks throwing, do they run the ball, and all those are a factor. But I definitely I definitely would take week one with with a grain of salt. Uh, you know because you lost this week doesn't mean your team sucks unless it does. Uh, and just because you won this week doesn't mean you're going to win the Super Bowl. And, you know, talking about teams that suck, walk on radio's fantasy team. We're going to come back. Don't sleep on the boys. I trust Hump. He's going to get those waivers. He's going to make the right decisions. And we're going to have a good team. I know it. I promise you. And we'll keep you updated on our team. So back to football. Jags beat the Colts 27-20. to what do we think about the Jags? Are they actually going to make a run? Is Was this a lucky game? What's your overall on the Jags? Was this a one-hit wonder? Definitely a one-hit wonder. They're not going to make a run. Uh, I think they're going to maybe surprise me and you, but by surprise me and you, I think that means win four or five games because uh, I had them probably winning two or three. And so, you know, let's not jump on the Jaguars bandwagon just yet. Are they still the worst team in the NFL? Because I have a take. We're going to talk about the next game. Washington football team versus the Eagles. 
The Eagles might be the worst team in the NFL. <laughs> Are you sticking with the Jags still being the worst? Man, hard not to. Uh, I would still say that the uh, that the Redskins and the Jaguars are two of the worst. But if I had to pick a, a worst team in the league right now, boy, the New York Jets just <laughs> looked terrible. Led by my least favorite quarterback in the NFL. If I had to rate him out of all 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL, I'd put him at 33. Uh, Sam Darnold, he sucks. Le'Veon Bell, he sucks. They have no receivers. They suck. Defense sucks. Um, yeah, Jets are the worst team in the league. Well, talk about the Jets. How about the Bills? The Bills had a great game. Is is the division the Bills this year? You know, Josh Allen's running around, throwing around. Do you think they can make a run for that Patriots dynasty? I do. Uh, back in July, I think, uh, I think I declared them as my sleeper Cinderella team of the 2020 season. You know, you're riding with the Cardinals this year who also look good, but boy, the Bills look good. And I'm excited about Josh Allen. I'm excited about their defense. You know, Stephon Diggs kind of unperformed or underperformed for week one. But like I said, week one can't always look at that uh, with with everything. Uh, And I think he'll get the ball rolling. Uh, Fantasy question. Is Stephon Diggs a keeper for a team or is he is he someone you can use to trade? I think that he's a guy that that's a good a good roster spot, you know, kind of that that second third receiver spot. Uh, but I definitely would not bank on him being a receiver one uh, in fantasy football. So talking about one hit wonders with the Jags, the next game I want to talk about is the Washington football team versus the Eagles. Washington had a comeback win, twenty seven to seventeen. What happened here? Is this a bad Eagles team or is this a decent Washington team? I think it's a I think it's a surprisingly bad Eagles team. Uh, you know, they had some injuries, but good lord, that offensive line looked rough. I mean, Carson Wentz sacked eight times. Everybody knows that he's made of glass already, uh, and so he doesn't need to be getting hit that much. Jalen Hurts did not suit up this week, and so yeah. They might be calling uh, old Josh McCown, uh, who's sitting at home as the emergency quarterback at the moment. With the best contract in NFL history. Yeah. How do yeah. we feel about Dwayne Haskins? You know, everyone's been kind of doubtful in all the rankings. He's he's one of the top three, you know, worst quarterbacks in the NFL because he hasn't really been able to prove himself. Do we like Dwayne Haskins yet as a franchise quarterback? Man, I'm just I'm just not sold on him. Uh you know, nothing tells me that, that Washington won't draft a quarterback next year. And until Dwayne Haskins continuously proves that, I'd say that they probably will draft a quarterback next year. Yeah, it'll be it'll be uh, fun to watch Washington keep going. They they Just like the Jags, they probably have a chip on their shoulder. It's a really cool story with Ron Rivera, too, what he's doing You know, with all his stuff with cancer. He had to go at halftime, get IV, just to make sure he could continue coaching. So they have a lot of a motivation. So Washington... They are uh, they're one and zero in the division. They're the only one that has won a game in the division, and we're gonna get to we're gonna talk about everybody else in that in that group. <laughs> so the next game I want to talk about was one of our picks, and that is the Bucks versus the Saints. I was wrong. The Bucks very disappointing. Tom Brady had a rough game. Saints Saints looked okay. I still think the Bucks have a lot of potential. Talk to me about the Bucks versus the Saints. You know, I think potential was a great word to use there. I think the Bucks certainly have a lot of that. But, boy, in week one terms, they looked terrible. Tom Brady was about as bad as I've ever seen him. Um, is he going to turn that around? Probably. But I, I know that Father Time is undefeated. And, and one day, one day, Tom Brady will, will not be playing football anymore. Uh, and I think we're definitely closer to that than him not uh retiring and so you know bucks bucks a lot of potential but they better they better get the ball rolling quickly yeah i was really disappointed in how mike evans play you know in the very beginning he was already getting in some scuffles with Lattimore, and also i was very disappointed how they use gronk it seems like they were using gronk to block more which i get it you know he but i feel like gronk is the more passing threat but oj howard had a great game which, you know, I always said O.J. Howard's a great tight end, so it's nice to see him balling up. But uh, I, I want them to use Gronk more. Brady struggled, but like you said, he's a veteran. I think he'll bounce back. Uh, the Bucks' defense looked okay, but, you know, Drew Brees was thrown around. Your boy, Alvin Kamara, had a good game. Talk to me about the Saints. Yeah, the Saints, 
you know, I'd argue that they're the best team in the NFC. Uh, you know, disappointingly, they just lost Michael Thomas for a couple weeks with a high ankle sprain, but they're going to be just fine. Drew Brees, you know, as he's gotten older with age, you know, he throws the ball down the field less. Uh, they kind of run some some tricky dicky stuff, uh, different looks, different motions. Taysom Hill's very involved. He had a great game, completed a long pass, ran the ball well. But man, the 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 million dollar man Alvin Kamara looked a hundred percent, and that's something that he couldn't say last year with with his health. But 2017, 2018, he's one of the best in the league. And I'd say that 2020 looks like he could have another year like that. Now, for the, for in our NFL prediction, I had the Saints going to the Super Bowl. You had the Saints really high, making a great run in the playoffs. Now, I know it's week one, and you can't decide everything now. But do you still are the Saints still making a good run in the playoffs? Are they still a high-caliber NFC championship team. Absolutely, uh, without hesitation. I think, uh, you know, they're they're at the tail end uh, of this Saints group. I think if you look at their contracts, you know, this isn't going to be the same team in a year. And so definitely the time is now. Uh, and, yeah, I think Drew Brees is going for it all in 2020. Uh, so the next game we're going to talk about was the very first game of the NFL season, the Houston Texans versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs ended up winning 34-20. to And, man... Texans offense looked rough. You know, I, I've been defending the Texans. I've been fighting for them. But golly, they looked rough. The Chiefs looked really well on offense. Clyde, Edward, Clyde Edwards-Alaire had a great game. Talk to me about the first game in the NFL. Well, I think that uh, I think that we now know that the Chiefs are, are definitely the favorites. Uh, they look, you know, they look like they're ready to repeat is what I saw. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, he didn't have the passing yards he normally does, but... He's as good as ever. Uh, definitely an MVP candidate there. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you know, made an early, excuse me, an early statement for Rookie of the Year. Uh, yeah, and, and Houston definitely looked disappointing, and I think they'll turn it around. But until that, they can protect Deshaun Watson better. The Houston Texans are going to struggle. Yeah, I have a hot take. I I don't think the Chiefs are the front runner after this first game. Really, my pick is the Ravens, okay. and we'll talk about the Ravens later. What a game the Ravens had. The Chiefs look great, of course. They're still going to make a good run in the playoffs. The Texans looked good in the very beginning. You know, they had a stop, and they they scored very quickly. You know, Deshaun, but Deshaun Watson cannot run for his life the entire game. You know, he can get out of the pocket and make some good plays, but the entire game he was he was running around. David Johnson looked promising, which was a worry because you get rid of D-Hop, and you sign David Johnson. Boy, that looked like that bit, bit him in the butt, huh? Yeah, I know. Boy. But good for you know, good for D Hop in my part, which we'll talk about later with the Cardinals. But uh, you know, they wanted that 2016 David Johnson to come back. Maybe not as explosive, but he's still making good plays. The Texans receiving core though was awful. Randall Cobb had zero catches. I think the other receiver had one catch. Will Fuller had like two catches. They gotta start throwing the ball more. And you know, that goes on the Bill O'Brien and the offensive coordinator. So they want to, you know, compete with the Titans and compete with the Colts. They're going to have to have a lot better game. Uh, the next game we're going to talk about, which was my hot take pick, was the Cardinals versus the 49ers. I put all my marbles on the Cardinals. I knew the upset was happening, and my boys pulled out. Kyler Murray had a great game. DeAndre Hopkins had a great game. Now, the 49ers, George Kittle gets hurt in the second quarter, which I think changed the whole game. Because if he doesn't get hurt, you know, he was making a lot of catches. He was a big, he's a big part of the offense. He's very limited. It gave the Cardinals a chance to run around and make some good plays. Uh, talk to me about the Cardinals versus the 49ers. You know, one thing uh, that, that I think is underrated on the Cardinals, because everybody talks about, you know, their high-powered offense now with the acquisition of DeAndre Hawkins, but was how good their defense played. Uh, you know, like you said, Kittle goes down in the second quarter, uh, comes back, but, you know, obviously isn't the same. Uh, I, I think the Cardinals' defense really did what they had to do to to give them the ability to win this game over the NFC, the reigning NFC champion San Francisco 49ers. Uh, one positive from the 49ers was how good Raheem Mostert ran. Uh, he really, really exceeded my expectations personally. And, you know, uh, I know the Cardinals were your team, but we both said... Don't be surprised if San Francisco underperforms this year. You know, I don't. I think that they were a systematic team last year, led by a above-average quarterback. 
I don't see them really making much noise this year, but I definitely like what I saw out of the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo struggled, and once the Cardinals were able to stop the run, it was all downhill from there for the 49ers. And talking about Kittle again, Kittle in the second half had zero catches, and that is big time for the Cardinals. You you can't do that as a 49ers. I know he was limited, and they're trying to take care of him, but that was a big time uh, decision. And for the Cardinals, you know, Nick Bosa was in Kyler Murray's face all game long. The fact that Kyler Murray can move around, and he's so quick and able to throw the ball around, they're going to be a good team. They have a great coach with Cliff Kingsbury, who I think is going to be coach of the year. That was my pick. And uh, Larry Legend, of course, doing his thing. Like the Cardinals, I think they continue and do great things. Uh, another game, the next game we're talking about is the Seahawks versus the Falcons. And before we start, I want to make a public apology to Matt Ryan, who is now the passing yards leader of week one, <laughs> who I said didn't have it anymore. He said, shut your mouth. I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. But despite all that, the Seahawks ended up winning 38-25. to Russell Wilson is still that dude, Mr. Unlimited. And it's true, he's unlimited. Talk to me about Seahawks versus the Falcons. Well, I think I hit this one right on the head. Uh, I said that the Atlanta Falcons would have a high-powered offense. Obviously, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Gage Russell all had really awesome games in the passing game. Matt Ryan looks at top form. Uh, I like what I saw out of Todd Gurley. Uh, I've got him on my fantasy team, so I really paid attention to him. Uh, you know, probably didn't get as many carries as I was hoping, but ran the ball with 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 some athleticism, had 60 yards and a touchdown. Not a bad opening day for the new team. Uh, but uh, with, with that high-power offense, they have absolutely no defense whatsoever. Uh, it's terrible. It's the worst in that division. And Russell Wilson... Definitely expose that. Uh, the Seahawks are arguably the best team in the NFC, in my opinion. Uh, and Russell Wilson is an MVP form. He's 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 at the top of his game. He's a he's a known veteran now. He's a proven winner, and I, I expect really big things out of the Seattle Seahawks this season. Yeah, uh, I have to disagree with you on your Falcons take. Todd Gurley did not look good at all. Like I said, I was one out of two. He had that one touchdown, which was a five-yard game. But other than that, he didn't play a lot, didn't look very good, didn't look as quick as he used to be. He struggled. That is that is not the right answer. He's not the dude. Let me give you this. Cardinals versus the Seahawks. Who you got in the game? Cardinals versus the Seahawks. Which which will happen later later down the line. But if, if they played next week, who would you pick? I would take the Seahawks. I would take the Seahawks. And, that, and, and that's strictly because of Russell Wilson. I wouldn't bet against him in that situation. Do you so? Do you think, you know, we had Aaron Rodgers ball out. We had Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. Who, if you know, if there was a Week One MVP out of those three, Mahomes, Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers, which one are you taking? Ooh, Wilson and Aaron Rodgers were close, but uh, I'm sure that's the next game we're talking about. So I'll lead right into it. I'm gonna have to go Aaron Rodgers, and I think Week One he he. He looks like he's out to prove something. Uh, you know, a Packers team that has said that they're going to be, you know, kind of a run-first team did not look run-first this last week. Uh, through the air, Aaron Rodgers absolutely torched a, a team that that I think is a good team. And I, I still think is a good enough team to win the North. But let me just, let me just be the first to say how wrong I was uh, on Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers keeps playing like this, the Green Bay Packers are a Super Bowl contender and absolutely can win the NFC North. Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. <clears throat> First off, before I say anything, I want to I want to get this out of the way. A little laugh. <laughs> because I told everybody, I told you, I told you, I told you, nobody listens to me. The Packers are the real deal. I get it. We didn't draft a receiver. We don't need one because we have Devontae Adams. We have Alan Lazard. We have Marquez Scantling. We have Jay Sternberger at tight end. We have a great offense. We have Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. A little disappointed about A.J. Dillon. I wanted to see the big boy come around and make some good plays. Didn't play a lot. We're going to see him eventually. But Aaron Rodgers, you know, when I said revenge tour because everybody sleeps on him, once again this offseason they sleep on him, they don't talk about him. And look what he does. He just does what he does. He made some throws that still quarterbacks to this day. Patrick Mahomes can't make those throws. He is the goat for a reason. You know, their run, their run game was okay. They we 
we, you know, we had some holes. Aaron Jones was breaking some big ones, but it was all about the passing game. Devontae Adams was getting open all the time. And another big stat, we lost two offensive linemen in one game, and we gave up zero sacks. One was a, we had a rookie guard playing. That's big time because we've had a lot of issues with our offensive line and Rodgers getting beat up. So it's nice to see him getting no sacks on the game. And what a great game for the offense. Now, the Packers' defense is a different story. You know, we lose Kenny Clark. He gets hurt. He has a groin injury. We just paid him a lot of money, so that's unfortunate. And I, I don't know if it's because the Packers' defense was, was sloppy in the beginning or Dalvin Cook is just that dude, but our run defense looked awful in the very beginning. Our pass defense was great. Jair Alexander had a safety and an interception. Uh, towards and Not until the fourth quarter, Cousins only had 75 yards. That's great. And, you know, Hump always talks about how good Kirk Cousins is. Well, of course... The D-Train showed him what's up. Uh, Zadarius Smith had a sack. So, you know, it took a little bit for our defense to get into it, but we ended up doing very well. We got the dub. And, uh, you know, I'm going to say it. I think we go undefeated for the rest of the year. I think we're the best <laughs> team in the NFL. Oh, man. 16-0? 16-0. Wow, Aaron Rodgers. hot take. Revenge tour. We're that mad. hot take. Everybody thinks he hates Matt LaFleur. They love each other. Best friends. And we proved it. Big dub for the boys. All I got to say is I'm happy that Aaron Rodgers is doing this because this is his last season as a Green Bay Packer. You, you know you know what? You're right. Because when, when we win the Super Bowl, he's going to walk away. Wow. He's done. It's going to be great. You know, Super Bowl. Man, you know, we had it in 2010. I got to experience it, watch it with my own eyes. And I've got to watch my team be successful year <laughs> after year after year. You know, we went to the NFC Championship last year. Now we're 1-0. Can't say the same about you. <laughs> and look, you know, I said in the beginning when we made that pick last week, I said, give me the Rams. No, I'm just kidding. I felt bad for Humphreys. I'm going to pick the Cowboys because I felt bad. But I told y'all, I told y'all deep in my heart, the Rams were going to end up winning this game. Debut in their brand new stadium, which looks absolutely beautiful. And Wow. 20-17, to 17, the Rams get a victory. I should have picked them, but I felt bad, and it ruined my record. But I still got the crown. All right, uh, before Humphreys goes off, I'll give my take on the game. I think Zeke looked great. He, he's still that running back. Dak looked okay. He's, a, he's still a mid-tier quarterback. He's never been an elite quarterback. He's still not an elite quarterback. Uh, defensively, you know, you talk about Van Der Esch. He's gone. Talk about this front five, this dangerous defensive line. Where are they at? Alden Smith had okay game. Everson Griffin, all he did was jump off sides. Poe did nothing because, uh, you know, they had some nobody running back running. Again, this is the second time the Rams get this running back nobody's heard of to have a great game. But I'll, I'll give the Cowboys this. That call against Michael Gallup at the end of the game was a terrible call. There's no way that's a pass interference. They should have had a chance to get into, you know, maybe score, maybe kick and go into overtime. It could have been a different game. But at the end of the day, the Cowboys lost. The world is safe. Nothing's going wrong. Everyone's happy except for Humph. Oh, man. Tell me what happened to your boys, unfortunately. Because, hey, hey, New Year, same Cowboys, baby. They got no more excuses. They have all the answers. What happened against the Los Angeles Rams? Are you done? Is it my I'm turn? Good. What a, what an intro! I uh, so you 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 watched the game with me over at my house, uh, and you can you can speak for me here. Uh, I wasn't okay at the end. I actually had to step out of the room. Uh, I was so I was so upset, uh, heartbroken. It's the worst day of my life uh, for about an hour on Sunday night. Uh, but look. I've come to terms with it, I've thought about it, and we're going to be all right, okay? Nobody panic, we're fine, okay? I think that, uh, you know, I think the sports gods, you know, made the Cowboys sacrifice a week one win because, you know, the Rams open up a new stadium, okay? That's pretty cool, good for them. They've got some awesome uniforms, that's cool, good for them. But I really think the sports gods made the Cowboys sacrifice a win so that the city of Dallas could enjoy a championship in 2020. 
Side note from the Dallas Cowboys, we're going to talk a little hockey for a second. The Dallas Stars are going to the 2020 Stanley Cup, and a new lifelong fan of hockey, as of about six months ago, is freaking pumped. So if you told me before the Cowboys game, all right, Ryan, here's here's the choices. Stars get to go to the Stanley Cup, and the Dallas Cowboys lose. Are you Are you taking that deal? I'm absolutely taking that deal, because that's how confident I am that the Dallas Cowboys are fine. Their division is horrible. The Eagles literally suck. The Redskins are not the real deal. Don't let 1-0 fool you. They suck. The Giants suck. Saquon Barkley had six yards rushing. That's unbelievable. (laughs) It's embarrassing. And the Cowboys are going to be fine, okay? There was a lot of good things. There was a lot of high notes in the Cowboys game. I thought Dak Prescott looked calm in the pocket for having an undrafted rookie free agent right tackle week one. He looked pretty pretty calm, okay? I'd be pretty nervous too. But Ezekiel Elliott still looks like he's one of the top running backs in the league. Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, all, you know, when we get to throwing the ball more, they're going to do more, okay? couple injury bugs, though, that I'm concerned about. Blake Jarwin, who a guy who I was really excited about, tore his ACL, so he's out for the year. Leighton Vander Esch, a guy that isn't proven yet. Uh, I, as a Cowboy fan, know that he is very talented, but he's hurt again, broke his collarbone. He's going to be out a couple weeks. Uh, we lost another offensive lineman al- along with Leo Collins, and so we're we're thin there. Uh, so that that worries me. But yeah, you talked about you talked about the pass interference call, horrible call, absolutely atrocious call. Jalen Ramsey with the greatest acting job since anything Leonardo DiCaprio has done. Terrible call, but I'm not even mad about that, Dalton. And you know why? Because it shouldn't have got to that. It shouldn't have got to that. The defense gave up 20 points, a defense that we knew was going to be uh, at times suspect. They gave up 20 points, okay, to a a Rams team that has a good offense, okay? Let's not act like the Rams don't have a good offense. They've got Robert Woods, they've got Cooper Cup, and they've got Sean McVay, who's an offensive mastermind. So let's not act like they don't have a good offense, okay? But you give up 20 points to the Rams— that's got to be a win 10 times out of 10 with an offense like the Dallas Cowboys have. So whatever the issues are, that's unacceptable, okay? Uh, you know, a lot of people ask me if I thought they should have went for it on fourth down in the end zone late there. I'm fine with going for it on fourth down, you know? Go for the win. Don't tie it up. Go for touchdowns. But throw it past the sticks. It was fourth and five, and you threw it three yards. You can't do that. That's I don't know whether that's Dak. I don't know whether that's CeeDee Lamb's route. I don't know if that's play calling, but whoever it is, you can't freaking do that. You got to know where the sticks are, okay? Uh, so yeah, I'm pissed, Dalton. I'm not even gonna lie, I'm pissed. I, 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 this year's different, and I still believe that. But until we start proving it, we are just going to be the normal mainstream eight and eight, nine and seven Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, it, it, you know it is a shame too with this injury bug. It almost seems like a Dallas curse. You know, you have Gerald McCoy go down on a nothing play. And then if you saw Blake Jarwin's injury, he runs a curl route untouched, and it just you know pops in the ACL tears. It's a shame to see that because I really like James or Jarwin as a tight end as well. Uh, Humph, what's your opinion on CeeDee Lamb? You know, this was your first experience of seeing this, this future of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, how do you look? What's your overall opinion on him? You know, it's week one. You can't, you can't base everything on it. But for his first game as a Dallas Cowboy. I'm excited about him. I mean, you know, I don't know how you couldn't be excited about him. Uh, I think he's a great compliment to to two good receivers on the Dallas Cowboys roster, obviously led by Amari Cooper, who, you know, he had 80 yards. Uh, that's that's a good game. He had a lot of good contested catches. Uh, Michael Gallup was a little quiet, uh, but he made a big catch at the end. They got called back for pass interference, and, I, you know, that was the potential game-sealing catch. Uh, so that, that fired me up. But, yeah. C.D. Lamb, I'm excited. And I think going forward when the Cowboys find that rhythm, find that that Dak Prescott throwing the ball around rhythm, I think I think it's going to be really promising. Yeah, you said uh, – did you say Michael Gallup was, was quiet? He was, he, was, almost he was a little as, quiet. Almost is what I've been saying this whole time. And I want everyone to hear this and let it be known. Week one, Alan Lazard is currently ahead of Michael Gallup. If you haven't heard, do they, do they know about our bet? I think they do. Okay. I think we brought it up. But if you haven't heard, you know, I I'm very big on Alan Lazard, Packers receiver. You know, Humph always says, "Who is that?" Well, you're gonna find out. So we made a bet that by the end of the year, whoever has more receiving yards between Alan Lazard and Michael Gallup, 
the guy gets a reward. And week one goes to Alan Lazard. He's up. <laughs> We're going to keep it going because Rodgers is throwing everywhere. Uh, before we get into our two picks, you know, we're going to briefly talk about the Monday night games. Nothing really interesting. Steelers versus the Giants, 26-16. Big Ben is back. He looks okay. Juju looks great. Uh, Snell, their running back, looks great. Giants, you know, I was talking about the Giants, you know, maybe having a good run. Saquon rushes for six yards. Daniel Jones looks rough. Giants could be the worst team in the NFL. If Could you, could you see the Giants getting Trevor Lawrence? Ooh, uh, I don't like Daniel Jones, so I think anything is possible. Uh, obviously, if they're bad enough to be in a position to draft Trevor Lawrence, then maybe they need Trevor Lawrence. And then finally, the last game was the Titans versus the Broncos. Uh, the main story behind that game is Titans do not have a kicker. You know, Goskowski is one of the greatest of all time, but he was 0 for 3 until the last kick. He finally gets one, 1 for 4. Uh, Derrick Henry looked great. Ryan Tannehill looked okay, nothing special. Broncos looked rough. I think Drew Locke still has a long way to go. He's a, he's a young guy, young stud, but you know, with his young offense, he, he can't make bad decisions. Jerry Judy looks really good. Um, Philip Lindsay gets hurt, so it's the Mel- Melvin Gordon show. That, the Broncos have a nice, young, exciting team, but without Vaughn Miller on defense, they struggled. Uh, Titans win it out 16-14. to 14. Uh, Anything on those two games? Yeah, you know, I, I totally agree with you. I think, I think the Broncos, they... Uh... They, they are promising. They have a lot of potential, and I think in a couple years they, they could be a really high-powered offense in the NFL. But, you know, they're just going to kind of be a middle-of-the-pack team this year. Uh, I don't expect much. Uh, I see them see them finishing behind Oakland. I see them finishing behind, obviously, Kansas City. Uh, Tennessee, you know, I need some more offensive output from them, uh, but definitely a team – that is going to make some noise. As soon as Ryan Tannehill gets into that groove that he was in last year, you know, throwing the ball down the field to AJ Brown and others, I think the Tennessee Titans are going to be going to be a force to be messing with. Yeah, the play action pass for the Titans is so good because you know everyone wants to cover Derrick Henry. They're able to get around and make some good plays. Um, so for for our picks, we're not covering the Packers or the Cowboys. So you know those are our guys. So who are you playing for the Cowboys? This is not this is not a pick at all. But who are the Cowboys playing, and what's your quick take on that game? Cowboys, Falcons, uh, first first home game for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm excited. Uh, again, I talked about the Falcons. They're going to score some points, and they're going to score some points on the Cowboys. So we better bring we better bring our A game on offense and, and score like we should, and we will, we'll take care of the Atlanta Falcons this week. Yeah, Matt Ryan threw for 400 yards, so that'll be a test for Dallas's secondary. They're definitely going to have to come on offense. The Packers play the Lions, and do I even need to talk about that game? We're going to destroy them. The Lions lost to the Bears. Boo and boo. We're going to win the NFC North hey, by far. Mitchell Trubisky. Don't. Don't even. Hey, Mitchell Trubisky in the fourth quarter. Did you see the stat? Did you see the Barstool tweet where some crazy analytics thing said that Mitchell Trubisky had the greatest fourth quarter of all time? I mean, he had a good-looking fourth quarter, of all, but all time, like that's. I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what analytical stat that was, but good grief. But Lions were a DeAndre Swift catch from winning the game. Tough outing for the rookie. Tough, yeah, you, that tough. Fans are very angry. I'm at him. talking butterfingers. If you didn't see it, it was bad. But uh, Bears are not still not very good. The Lions are not good. We're gonna beat the Lions maybe by sixteen hundred. <laughs> You know, I, I said the Packers by a million against the Vikings, and shoot, we were close. So let's get on to our picks to finish off the show. Uh, the first game we're going to talk about is number one pick versus number one pick, Joe Burrow versus Baker Mayfield. We didn't talk about either game from this past uh, weekend. Cincinnati ended up losing because of a, you know, we talked about special teams. Game losing kick. They had the game winner. He misses the kick. Did you see he fakes an injury, the kicker does? Yeah, that was a loser's limp hey, right there. That's a great strategy. I'm doing the same thing if I do that. <laughs> Cleveland gets destroyed, but uh, still a promising team. They still have Odell and Jarvis Landry. Who do you got between the two studs? Boy, I don't see a lot out of either of these teams. A uh, little Thursday night football action. You know, I guess Burrow had an okay you know, first appearance. Baker was horrible. But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They're playing the Ra- uh, the Ravens last week. So, you know, anybody's going to struggle. That's a really, really good team in the NFL. Give me the Browns in this one. Yeah, I agree. I, I like Joe Burrow and I like Cincinnati, but they don't have a lot of weapons yet. I'm still on the Cleveland train with what they have. You know, 
David Njoku gets hurt, which was a big part of my offense for them. So I'm, that does worry me. But they still have Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham and Miles Garrett on defense. And I think Cincinnati is bad. They still have a long way to go. You know, make having Joe Burrow doesn't change the whole team. They still have to make more uh, decisions. So I'm going with Cleveland on this one. The next game, we have two teams that both lost. Minnesota versus Indianapolis. Now, Minnesota looked good on offense, struggled on defense. Indianapolis loses the game they shouldn't have lost. Who do you got? First off, something you didn't bring up in the Packers and Minnesota game. Can you please formally apologize to Adam Thielen for the things that you said about him not being able to be a number one receiver? Because he looked pretty number one receivers to me. He, Two touchdowns, over 100 yards. That looks pretty uh, wide receiver one-ish to me. I'll have to see. I'll have to see another game. I'm not on the Thielen train yet. Both those routes were straight routes. He's just fast. I still don't think he's got it in him. He's got to prove it this game against Indianapolis. Yeah, but, uh, you know, Indianapolis, a very, very tough loss to a, a bad Jacksonville team. Uh, you know, you lose Marlon Mack. He tears his Achilles. So it's the Jonathan Taylor show now. Um, yeah, and, and, and for that, I think that the Indianapolis Colts win at home this week. Bit of an upset pick. I'd say that Minnesota is probably the better team, but give me the Colts. So uh, not so fast. Shout out Coach Corso. I'm going Minnesota. You know, and I'm basing this all on the Packers game because that's what I have to watch. And their Minnesota's defense is pretty rough. Their passing defense, the rush defense is okay. They they held Aaron Jones to to enough. And I think Indianapolis is more of a running team than they are a passing team. Nothing against Phil Rivers, but uh, I think Minnesota comes back from this loss. They put 34 points on the Packers, who has a decent defense. So I think Dalvin Cook's going to have a great game. I think Kirk Cousins is going to have an okay game. Adam Thielen, receiver, whatever you want to call him. He's going to do good. So give me Minnesota on the comeback. I think they're going to have a great game. And uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what the Colts do going into uh, in the next week. The next game, this actually could end up being a really good matchup. We have, uh, you know, we've seen him in the Super Bowl. We see him all the time. New England versus the Seahawks. Cam Newton rushed for two touchdowns uh, last this last weekend. Russell Wilson is still MVP Russell Wilson. This could be a really good game. Who do you got? Yeah, uh, I know a lot of Patriots fans are definitely feeling really good about Cam Newton right now, as they should. You know, two rushing touchdowns from a uh, from a a Patriots quarterback is a big deal. Uh, so definitely, you know, optimistic there. But they're not beating the Seahawks in this one. Uh, Sunday night football, the Russell Wilson Seattle Seahawks are, are definitely going to take the cake here. Yeah, I agree. The Seahawks will definitely come out on top on this one. You know, I think Cam Newton had two rushing touchdowns because I still don't have, you know, they have Julian Edelman at receiver. But other than that, they don't really have much else. They don't have a very good defense. I think Russell Wilson is going to have a, a play day. He's going to come around and throw for a lot. Uh, I he, If he puts up other big numbers, he could be the front of the MVP race. You know, even though Aaron Rodgers will probably throw for 500 yards against the Lions. But we're not going to talk about that. I'm sorry I keep bringing up the Packers. Uh, I'm going Seahawks in a big one. I don't think New England can hang. And our final game, which, you know, after this last week watching, could actually end up being a really good game. The New Orleans Saints versus the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders look pretty good. They have a good young core on offense. They have an okay defense. The Saints, they come out and beat a Bucks team that everyone had overhyped, including me, apparently. So Saints versus the Raiders, who's, who's going to win? Yeah, a little Monday night football action. This will be exciting. Uh, Josh Jacobs looked uh, he looked about one of the best running backs in the league week one for the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, you know, I know they're excited uh, going forward with that young team coached by John Gruden. Uh, New Orleans Saints, no Michael Thomas this week. That's going to be interesting. Uh, I'll still take the Saints here. I think Alvin Kamara does enough to get it done, but don't don't sleep on the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I'm going with the Saints, too. I'm not going to bet against them twice. I learned my lesson the first time, but I do think it's going to be a very close game. Uh, you know, Las Vegas has Hunter Renfro, Henry Ruggs, Darren Waller on offense, Derek Carr. How do you feel about Derek Carr? Do you, do you think he's can, – do, can you count him as an elite quarterback yet? No, absolutely not. If you if you won't put Dak Prescott in an elite category, then Carr dang sure is not an elite category because they, they're not on the same playing field. Well, hear me out. If I had to pick between Derek Carr you're and Dak Prescott, you're, you're, give me you do not number that. four, 
Derek Carr. I, lo- I like you, Derek Carr. You do not mean he, that. You know, this offseason, he, he's been talking about he has a, an attitude change and everything. He's tired of trying to make everyone happy. That's the coldest take I've ever he's heard. He's here to make his name and to make the Raiders good. I like the Raiders, but, you know, Michael Thomas didn't have a very good game against the Bucks, anyways. They kind of relied on Alvin Kamara and some other, some other guys, Taysom Hill. So, like I said, I'm not betting against the Saints twice. Give me the Saints in a close one. It's going to be a very good game. And uh, Derek Carr, better than Dak Prescott. <laughs> Write it down. Because the Raiders won and the Cowboys did not. So that was our episode, episode 10. We're very excited to watch these games. We, we finally got college and NFL picks. Uh, good slate next week. A lot of good games. And uh, we'll see you in episode 11 where we're going to talk about those games and keep going forward. Thank you for listening.